it smacks all of the ass. Welcome to episode 60 of the Thrash Report. This week, our episode is sponsored by Discover CBD Twin Cities. They have a great offer for Thrash Report listeners. Discover CBD Twin Cities offers safe, top-tier CBD products of the highest quality. All their products are third-party lab-tested, manufactured in an ISO 7 clean room. They're organically grown and sourced from Southern Colorado. They encourage you to try their brand new, relaxing, soothing, and tasty new Delta 8 line of edibles. New Delta 8 chocolate, tinctures, and gummies. Available now at discovercbdtwincities.com. Don't forget, use code THRASH for 20% off your order and free shipping. That's a great deal for you guys. Again, check out Discover CBD Twin Cities for all your CBD needs. And we want to thank them for their support. This is for August 31st, 2021. My name is Chris. This is your weekly music commentary podcast where we discuss all things metal and heavy music. Joining me as always, my co-host, Jim Osborne. Jim, what's going on in this fine Tuesday? I'm going to write a limerick as my wit is quite quick. Will it be funny? Will it make me money? My middle name is Richard. Yeah. Never rest. Hey, Jim, we got yes, a very special guest. We do. Week. Yep. As you saw, we released yesterday some social media posts and friend of the show and uh, pit crew member, all around metalhead, Mr. Aaron, a.k.a. Duke Tomato, a.k.a. Radical Larry. How you doing, man? Gentlemen, it is an absolute pleasure to be here tonight with you. Awesome. Thanks so much yeah. for joining us. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It's uh, always fun to talk to other metal nerds like us. So. Heck yeah. Well, you know, one of the first things I need to ask is we really got to figure out your naming here. <laughs> I got to figure out. At first, I didn't know, you know, what, what, what is your Is it Larry? Is it Aaron? I'm, I was confused. <laughs> My real name's Aaron. A-A-Ron, where are you? Where is A-A-Ron right now? No A-A-Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. Here. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, you know, I said it like four times, so why didn't you say it the first time I said A.A. Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron. Son of a Um, and probably get some entertainment. My last name is Moody, as in Moody person. Ah. Um, and then, uh, my nickname for... Uh, shit, I swear the last 10 years has been Radical Larry. <laughs> and I it just I just saw a picture on the internet. It was a black and white photo of like uh, some kids and it gave them nicknames and special powers. And one of those kids in particular, his name was Radical Larry. And I just busted my shit laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And so I put Radical Larry as my Twitter name. <laughs> and then I just just started showing up places and people just started calling me Radical Larry. <laughs> That's awesome. Purely organic from that sense. It's very cool. I mean, you need to, you need to brand that, man. I gotta, we gotta get it. We gotta get a logo for you and sell t-shirts and shit. It'll be great. I'm in, I'm in. And then what about the other one? Uh, first way I knew you was as Duke Tomato. Duke Tomato. 
Duke Tomato was just another name that made me laugh. It, he's a, a comedic songwriter that I heard about on the Bob and Tom show. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. My girlfriend was with me when I left last night. Don't know how I came home with another man's wife. Oh, everybody knows I'm not that kind of guy. Well, I did what I did. I hadn't been high. Yep. And I just said, started messing around and put Duke Tomato as uh, my my handle <laughs> from time to time. And and of course, you know, when you play Into the Trivia Pit, your handle pops up, not your display name. And so, of course, it just says Duke Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. awesome. All right. So I guess before we get to some of that, we always ask our guests. So we have to ask you the golden question. What got you into metal? This is a, I'll, I'll categorize this in like a, a pre and post. Um, and you'll understand why I say that here. So it started growing up, uh, like most people my age and everything, uh, introduced rock radio by their dads. Seven, eight years old, the two that stood out to me, the first time I uh, gravitated to a song and said, wow, I love that was uh, Crazy Train and uh, TNT by ACDC. Nice. Those were the two songs that I immediately remembered, you know, as I'm learning my lefts and my rights and all that other fun stuff. So then it kind of developed from there. I get a little bit older. I get Tony Hawk Pro Skater and I get introduced to some some punk rock and some classic rock on the soundtrack. Then, uh, like, you know, many other guys my age, uh, the older brother steps in and the older brother introduces me to Corn and Slipknot and Limp Biscuit. And so at this point, I'm kind of, you know, growing from that, it's 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 hard rock. It's a lot of new metal, you know, I actually remember uh, when my brother, my half brother was staying with us uh, one summer, we shared the bedroom and it got to the point where he was bullying me, you know, as brothers do. And he throws on MTV and uh, Lincoln Park one step closer comes on and I'm trying to sleep and I hear it and I like it. And I lift my head up to, you know, watch the video with him. And he's pissed at me. He goes, you know, you don't deserve to listen to this. Go back to sleep. You suck. <laughs> And, you know, but like, that's how, you know, I'm building my, my, my taste through that. A lot of new metal, a lot of hard rock, stuff like that. You know, some 41 came out. That was my first album I've ever had was uh, all killer, no filler. And um, then uh, it, it grew to, we'll fast forward to about high school and I'm listening to hard rock, you know, we'll think more like octane on Sirius XM. And I went to a rural high school. So it's a lot of country music. And everybody would start saying like, you know, Moody, you listen to that Satan shit, that Screamo shit. <laughs> right. And I'm going, you know, at that time I didn't like, you know, scream vocals. It wasn't for me, but they're like, Moody, you like that devil shit. You know, you do. I'm yeah. like, damn it. No. <laughs> and then I get a little bit older. I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. I do like it. Let's see what it's about. And, you know, you throw on, you, you know, you, you hear about Slayer, you hear about Megadeth, you hear about Metallica and you're like, yeah, I'm cool. I listen to this now. Yep. That's when I like started to dip my toe into something heavier. Then the defining moment to where I am today and on this podcast with you guys was there was nothing on Octane. There was nothing on uh, terrestrial radio or uh, yeah, FM radio yep. in my local area. So I threw on liquid metal because I knew occasionally they throw on some Metallica. And it just so happened that uh, a little game show called Into the Trivia Pit was going on. Oh, yeah. And I love me some trivia. Uh, when I first listened to it, I didn't know a single question. I didn't know a single riff. I didn't know a single lyric. 
way over my head, but I thought Jose was hilarious. Sean was hilarious. You know, the audio clips were hilarious. So I became a routine listener and then I became a student of heavy metal because I wanted to, you know, compete listening in my headphones, you know, every week. So I started, you know, I studied up on my Slayer, you know, the big four Yep. and I got it. And then suddenly, you know, it just catches on. I get really into it because, you know, you only hear about Slayer through memes or, you know, it's, it's not commercial, but, you know, it's the most widely known, you know, heavy band aside from Metallica. And so you have all these, you know, preconceived notions that it is that devil shit and it's just (laughs) the whole time. And then I remember specifically, uh, Sean played dead skin mask. Mm -hmm. And I heard that riff and I go, Oh my God, that is amazing. Dive in head first. And I'm checking out Slayer and I'm checking out, I'm going there from Slayer to Testament and Exodus and then creator, you know, and now I found, you know, I found myself gravitating towards a lot of thrash. Yep. So, so it, you know, to get here, it was all because of Into the Trivia Pit. So when did you start listening to that? Like uh, how many episodes in about were they, do you know? It was like, not the earliest, but I want to say they had been doing it a little bit. I, I can't put a, you know, a ballpark guess on time, but. They kind of had their rhythm, you know, they knew their structure and they're still changing the rules. Well, that's what they do every week. Yeah. yeah I started, I think in 2016 and they're probably 40 or 50 episodes in. So that sounds about, that sounds about right for me too. Yeah. So let's stick with some into the trivia pit and I've got a trivia question for you since you brought up dead skin mask. So you know who's it? You know who it's about, right? Ed Gein. Yep. You know where he died? Died? Did he? Or uh, I, yeah. I know he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. Milwaukee. No, I guess he died in prison. I guess I forget where he's in prison, but he was. He lived in Plainview, so he's like. For people listening or watching, Aaron's from the Green Bay area. I'm in La Crosse. We're kind of opposite side of the states, and Ed Gein lived like halfway between us. I just. <laughs> But yeah, he lived and did all his crimes up in Plainview, over like west of Wausau. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. That's uh, that's literally straight west of me. Yep. And I, I've probably mentioned it here before too, but uh, he was actually born in La Crosse. So I gotta do some history searching and see if I can trace where he lived or something. <laughs> Serial killers in football. That's what Wisconsin does. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some cheese too. Cheese, Spears and bratwurst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's um, how I became to know who you are is through the Into the Trivia Pit live last year during the pandemic when they'd on their Instagram page. That was, I mean, I love the show. I mean, you know me, you know, I love Into the Trivia Pit. And, but when they went live on Instagram, that was just another level. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't have a lot of the same stuff like you were saying, the sound bites and, a lot of that stuff, but just all the interaction was just so much fun. It really grew the community massively. Going to Instagram was, I think, you know, the best thing that could have happened to the show because, you know, here we are, a direct result from it. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Metal, metal brings people together, man. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. So you were always one of the ones answering very quickly. So I was curious how you did that. Were you using your phone and like thumbing it in or do you have a keyboard? Uh, phone, I... 
I'm a very good typer to begin with. I'm like a 105 words per minute. Um, but now the trick is I wouldn't answer if I didn't know it. So I'm, there'd be, you know, there'd be stretches where I'd be radio silent or if I'd throw in and I'd say, man, I don't know shit. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super self-conscious of it. Even if I think I would know, it was just like, I don't want to lose my metal cred, man. Same. <laughs> Bill's been trying to get me to call back in and I'm going, I kind of want to study a lot more. I'm scared shitless. Yeah. I was using my Chromebook so I'd have a keyboard because I, if I'm all thumbs, it'd be all punctuation be all off and they'd yell at me for that shit. I, so. I just, I couldn't believe, um, I think I've talked about this in another episode, but I couldn't believe how good the people were um, on the Megadeth trivia on the mega cruise because they had, they would play, I mean, you know, they would play a fraction of a second of a chord (laughs) and people would know the song. Like it was incredible. I mean, their brains at a different level, man. Yeah. And I knew a lot of the answers, but there was some that I didn't. So just me being the goofy guy, I am, I'll just say something stupid and try to get a laugh. So yeah. I mean, heck you guys listen, you guys listen to the show. I can't remember shit. (laughs) <laughs> can you repeat that <laughs> yeah and then you were actually a contestant right not like right when i started going live again yeah i called um right before christmas and it was uh i didn't realize it was going to be christmas themed and i am dog shit at their theme episodes so i was panicking like crazy um i did okay with the. Uh, you know, the trivia questions. I didn't know Kerry King bred snakes, I guess dogs. And then I saw later on down the line, he does breed dogs too, but obviously, you know, that wasn't the answer they were looking for. Uh, thankfully for my, uh, my Pantera demo question and, uh, my Danish, my Danish King diamond. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I made it to riffs and I knew every band except initially the, the Pantera one. Cause all I could hear was like, a a baseline over the phone and it sounded like faith no more. And I was like, I, but I mean, knowing the bands that doesn't get you shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually one of our listeners, Doug, he's actually in our chat right now on YouTube. He's, I think Doug, you were the first one when it went live again, weren't you? Or the I remember that because you texted uh, Jose, I think, and said, I vouch for him. This guy's legit. <laughs> yeah, I texted Sean because Doug had just won our trivia contest on the thrash report. So I texted Sean and said, this dude's he knows his shit. <laughs> yep. And that's the crazy thing because you could know the ins and outs of everything. I mean, everything big four and, you know, the Sepultura, the Pantera. And then all they got to do is just throw some one-off Iron Maiden question or a priest or something. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, you can get back to back just two questions out of your infinite knowledge. And it's, you're sweating bullets. <laughs> Another Megadeth pun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Like you were saying too, about the, like the metal community, metal family, that's come out of a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are friends I've made on, you know, Twitter following into the trivia pit and, I don't know, it's just amazing. I think I've said here before too that I started a Twitter account in like 2016, 2017 and just started subscribing to news outlets just to kind of from right, from left, centers, everything's just kind of stay up on current yeah. events and stuff. But then I started seeing metal people and I don't even see news on there anymore. And like it's 
I'm all metal Twitter. So. Good. <laughs> yeah. I have like private conversations with people that I've never met before and I don't feel like you know them. Yeah. Yeah. So what else you got going on? I know you do some podcasting on your own. Or... Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, if, if we want to go chronologically, um, two of my best friends, uh, football coaches and football players, and I think they're pretty sharp. Uh, you know, they know their shit. And last year, you know, during week one, they, we had a, a, a Twitter account for their brand and they tweeted out their picks and they had a great week, week one NFL. And I said, that's it guys, you need to start a podcast. I'll produce your podcast. You just talking to the goddamn microphones and I'll handle the rest. It's the Gridiron Lounge. See you Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Gridiron Lounge. And then we started, uh, it's it's the Gridiron Lounge podcast. And it's just, uh, it's football, it's whiskey, it's cigars. Uh, yes. These guys fancy themselves gentlemen, but they're, you know, just a couple of putzes. <laughs> they, you know, they talk about the cigars they've had. I don't smoke cigars. I mean, I'll have one, but I, you know, I don't know shit about cigars. Um, I like to have some whiskey. So, you know, we'll talk about the new whiskeys we've tried. And then they'll uh, chop it up about, uh, and, you know, the, during the regular season, talk about the games, key takeaways. Uh, my best friend, Andrew, uh, he's phenomenal at fantasy and he'll drop his fantasy wisdom. And then my other friend, Sherfy, uh, he, he's the gambler. And so he'll give his gambling picks. And, you know, that kind of just evolved in. And, you know, through our schedules, I've had to hop on a couple of episodes too, uh, you know, because life happens. We all can't meet up on the same schedule. And then I've always wanted uh, my own podcast as well. And thanks to you guys, it, you know, gave me the balls to, uh, uh, I was fighting that burp. I couldn't, couldn't hold it. I want those balls back, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, launch a, do my own music stuff with uh, my girlfriend, Danny. On today's episode of Everything and Nothing, I'm going to dive into a monologue about record labels in today's music age in regards to promotions, tour dates, and you know how necessary they are with artists. But first, I want to talk about my friends at Smooth My Balls. That's awesome. And so we started uh, it called Everything and Nothing because we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves to strictly metal. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we want to talk about anything else that would come up. And so we started just, it, although it's so far, it's kind of just been strictly metal. Um, just talking about, you know, what we like in music and then a lot of hypotheticals, you know, we did uh, pick our dream band, um, thinking like, you know, make your dream tour, stuff like that. Uh, metal movies we liked, but, uh, you know, I play baseball in the summer and uh, my summer league was taking up just about every weeknight I had. Danny's in grad school getting her master's. So, you know, we, we had no nights where we were both available. So we kind of had to shelf that until our time freed up a little bit. Sure. And then after that, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I went to college to be a sports writer. I was missing the itch working a nine to five Q job. And I saw this blog uh, around the block said they were looking for writers and DM us. And I said, hey, I love the Lions. I love the Tigers. I love heavy metal. Can I write about this? And they said, here, why don't you write about the Tigers? You can run our Tigers division and then whatever metal blogs you want to submit when you can. 
That's awesome. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, and I've listened to the everything and nothing once or twice, and I did read one of your articles. It's well written. It's really cool. Thank you. We're trying to find our groove, uh, you know, in the the podcast chemistry for that, which hopefully it'll come. But you know, thank you for listening. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for listening to ours. We appreciate all of you listeners. Yeah, we'll make sure we put uh, all the links to those too. We'll put links and other information in the show notes. So make sure you check that out at thrashreport.com. And then have you guys tried the, the uh, I know you mentioned, uh, Aaron, you mentioned whiskey. Have you tried the Anthrax Evil Twin, double the, the double cask rye whiskey? I haven't had a chance to try any uh, music related alcohol. I actually submitted a, you know, name the, name all the art or name three artists that have their own alcohol for trivia but i've been i've been dying to get my hands on some of it i've had a couple bottles of the um blackened the metallica's whiskey that's it's pretty good i mean it's it's awesome because it's got metallica's name on the bottle but taste wise it's nothing super <laughs> but i want to see what you think about jim being black best for the money it's you know you're it's like 22 bucks for a 750 so it's not too expensive but for the price the taste is superior so that's my go-to so speaking okay. of uh, football i gotta ask you because we've gone back and forth a little bit about our teams me being a vikings fan and you being a lions fan what are they up to this year you think they're gonna be any good with their new quarterback you know uh going into the preseason i thought you know i said because Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. He is a serviceable NFL quarterback. He has mm -hmm. earned money. He has had a couple very good seasons, went to a Super Bowl. So I figured the Lions would be just fine in that regard. Plus, they really stabilize their offensive line. So I thought with a good quarterback, a good offensive line, and two weapons in Hawkinson and Swift, they would be able to go for about seven wins, seven, eight wins. However like twice as good as normal. They are, yeah. <laughs> However, they are still the Lions and they are still proving they are the Lions in preseason. And my offensive line has yet to gel. So I might as well, I'm going to be uh, eating these words it looks like here shortly. Yeah, we'll see. I'm pulling for the Vikings, obviously, but I don't know. I don't get too excited because they always let us down and I know it's just a game, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have a kind of a normal show to go through as well. But before we get to that, I'm just curious, who are your favorite bands? Oh, all right. So my, my favorite band, hands down, is Parkway Drive. Um, wearing my Parkway Drive shirt. And I kind of uh, don't know where I want to cap off. I usually like to do things like a Mount Rushmore and pick four. But my, my five just that always have a seat at the dinner table are Parkway Drive, Megadeth, Pantera, Beartooth and Avatar. And I've got my pixelated Avatar painting behind me over there. Those are my five bread and butter every day of the week. I will always make time for them. Nice. Yeah. I haven't heard That's too awesome. much. I haven't heard too much Beartooth outside of what they play on liquid metal with that um, bad listener song. God damn, that is good. You say my vision's not a vision at all.
I, I love them. Um, body, I think Body Bag on their first album is just as good as a you know a hardcore song can get. Um, right. But other than that, um, massive Slayer fan, massive Metallica fan, love Testament, you know, a lot of thrash. Um, Christ, now you know the name your favorite bands and they're all escaping you. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's uh so yeah, I saw, um, yeah. So avatar, the first, uh, I was introduced to them at one of the rock fests in Kadat. Yeah. They, they were playing and yeah, just absolutely blew me away. And I was a fan. Like it just, they, they stole the show. Right. It was pretty crazy that day. Um, and I remember I didn't know them much until a couple years ago, but I remember Chris, when we met at that anthrax show, I remember there's a guy standing in line right next to us with a you know, huge parkway drive tattoo on his arm. I'm like, Oh really? Yeah. I checked them out and yeah, I like them too. They're where are they from? Good. Australia. Byron Bay. Yeah. They're hooky, man. They're good. my favorite like hands down um fairly recently actually um i saw them uh with uh they were headlining with kill switch engage and they were playing at uh, the rave oh i love the rave great venue yep right across the street from where uh, jeffrey dahmer used to harvest organs <laughs> no joke really festival foods that <laughs> <laughs> but uh they were uh i remember it was a uh, vein had opened up and then it was after the burial and then Parkway Drive came on and it was just, uh, I was already in love and I was like, all right, that's it. Number one, put them up top. So, hey, Aaron, do you know why they are called Parkway Drive? And this comes from our live chat. It's Mr. Bill Joya trying to stump you. God damn it, Bill. <laughs> of course it's Bill. I mean, if, if I'm going to take an educated guess, I'm guessing they grew up on Parkway Drive in Byron Bay. Maybe. Hey, I got a, I got a really serious question though, for you guys. Why do we park in a driveway and drive in a parkway? One of those things, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cool, man. Well, let's, um, so Aaron, let's stick around and we'll, uh, we'll start talking about some of these next, uh, news stories coming up and we got some, uh, uh, a new release and then we jump back in the day. Yeah. So headlines, uh, Chris mentioned it briefly last week, but there was an article that just came out not too long ago, the beautiful world of heavy metal. And it's, it's this guy talking a lot about his experiences as a metalhead and is in line with metalheads in general. And it's just kind of talks about how cool metalheads are, are, you know, we have our own community. There's not a lot of genres that have the type of family aesthetic that we do. And, you know, it takes people from all backgrounds. You, you obviously you can see people like me wearing an onslaught shirt and like, Oh yeah, he's a metalhead or, but then there's, you know, some dude walking down in a suit looks like a stick up his ass and find out he's a huge Slayer fan or something. 
but so just cool that all backgrounds come together and a lot of times it's like outcasts or misfits and you know I kind of felt that way too I had a lot of friends growing up and stuff but I never like had like a core group for a long time I just kind of bounced around a bunch of different groups and so I kind of get that outsider feeling and then coming into metalhead to being a metalhead and just like I said that community and um, it talks a lot about the bad rap that metal gets because of its image lyrics and the whole satanic panic of the 80s early 90s and you know the Columbine, Columbine being blamed on Marilyn Manson and shit like that and Philly Byrne the lead singer from Gamma Bomb he was quoted in and said the thing I say is that metalheads in reality are librarians there are things you can just be into and that's fine with dance music it's fine to just be into it but with metal it's expected that you'll know lots and lots you'll have knowledge and experience you'll collect old lps you'll get patches on your jacket it's more like real ale fans or cinema nerds and it's quite dadly they have a soft edge to them we can put that link in our notes but just a really cool article it was yeah pretty spot on i think yeah and that's the thing it's like it's like when you go to a metal show or when you're around these metal fans there's a level of camaraderie respect you you have this commonality where you can get along right and mm -hmm. uh and again we talk about this all the time too you know you're out in public and if you see someone wearing a parkway drive shirt you know you're gonna throw them the horns or give them a nod right i mean that's just that's what you do when you just mentioned that um on dimebag's birthday i had uh just buzzed to walmart and i'm getting out of my truck and I see a guy uh, walking past me wearing a dime bag Daryl Abbott shirt. Nice. And I just go, happy dime day. Yeah. He'll <laughs> yep. nice. throw him right back at me. That's right. That's right. So we did get an answer from Bill about Parkway Drive and you were close, but he says it's named after the street where their home rehearsal space and live venue, the Parkway House was located. Even surgeons know metal. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hold that over my head now. <laughs> That he knew more about my favorite band than I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this next one is kind of a little bit of a, a feel-good story. Um, you know, this, it kind of, uh, so we know that um, Ivan Moody, um, again, uh, no relation to Aaron Moody, I don't think. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Ivan Moody, um, he actually has his, uh, his own brand, Moody's Medicinals, sells a line of uh, CBD products. And um, basically, he has uh, really been paying it forward by no donating three separate $10,000 uh, donations to different charity organizations. And it's just a really great story. So they, he was running a sale where it started last month in which um, the goal in mind was to donate a portion of the proceeds to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Again, great charity. Um, they do excellent work. Um, I definitely stand behind it. And the promotion was that, you know, they were going to match the buyer's purchases. And so he went ahead and did that, you know, so for example, someone would buy something and then they would get something for free and then he would match that to the charity. Well, it certainly got people's attention because it went nuts. And so they, he, he raised $10,000 for St. Jude's, but then they, he was so inspired they just kept on going. And so they did another $10,000 donation to the Food Recovery Network, and then another $10,000 to a, a, the skate, skateboarding program. And so I just think it's really cool that, you know, you can still give back 
right? And and when you start, um, you know, we, uh, you know, when we have those causes that that we really feel strongly about, that you can absolutely make a difference. So I just thought it was a really cool story. Um, you know, not really music related, but um, again, horns up and good job to uh, Ivan Moody and Moody's Medicinals. Again, this was all donated not via Five Funger Death Punch. This was donated via Moody's Medicinals, just to be clear. So, yeah, good job, man. Yeah, that's really cool. He seems to have uh, really been focusing on uh, giving back and being a better person ever since uh, he got clean. Oh, uh, totally. Totally. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm a huge Five Finger fan and seeing him so many times, I, I don't even remember. But after going through treatment and being clean, I really feel as though his performance is better too, right? Like he's just, he seems, yeah, it's it's awesome. So. All you haters out there, go see him live. It's an actually phenomenal show. It's a fun show too. Great show. Absolutely. Speaking of haters, I was thinking about this last night when someone mentioned Nickelback and I've, you know, I've probably heard a bunch of their songs and, but I wouldn't know it because I, it just, I've never looked to, tried to listen to them or anything, but they've sold a shit ton of music and everybody hates them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. So if someone can explain to me why everybody hates them, or is it like a jealousy thing? Like, why the hell are you guys so good and making all this money and all this selling all these records? It's because the internet told them to. That's right. Uh, now, we're on the internet. Nickelback got on pop radio does suck. <laughs> but they're, they're, they've got riffs. They've got jams. Yep. Totally. Yeah, I'll have to give them a listen. What's the song again i'm not i'm not a nickelback fan but but i mean there was a song that God, it, it was it was pretty good and I, I liked the fact that it made like the hair on the back of my neck stand up because it was like so it was like about the the chick that was getting beat and she goes oh, and gets a gun never again. And, what's that never again yeah I mean, Dimebag did a solo for them on uh, Side of a Bullet, too. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I just found I, that I out on that. Dime Day last week. Um, this next this next article I want to talk about, um, it's just in the aftermath of uh, the the handful of shows that Korn had uh, canceled slash postponed because Jonathan Davis tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and it just, it they actually brought up that there now has been some shows where uh, Jonathan Davis is actually doing this show sitting down. <laughs> and uh, it actually reminded me of uh, shows in the past. I saw I saw a show, I think it was Metallica and Suicidal, where Mike Muir had a cast on his leg and he did some of the show sitting on a sofa. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, right so basically the they uh, head from from corn goes in to talk about how uh, Jonathan is really still struggling with the after effects of, of COVID and it's both, he's both physically weak. He's also kind of has this mental battle, right? I know a lot of people say that once you have it, you're kind of in this fog. Um, but yeah, just saying that, um, you know, he's still trying to give as much as he can and really have, uh, have the energy, but sometimes he actually does need to, to kind of uh, rest and sit down. And so on stage last week in Illinois, he made it clear to the audience, made it clear to the audience, excuse me, that um, he's feeling fucking very weak, but 
I'm fucking refused to cancel the show, he said. So um, he had to come out here and do this, even though he was sitting down. And I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm torn with this, right? Like, I get what he's trying to do for the fans, and I get what he's trying to do. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cancel these shows. COVID's not gonna do this to me, right? But also, as a fan, I feel as though also, wouldn't you want the band to give it their absolute best you know what i mean like if you're still i don't know i i'm just i'm torn right like Mm -hmm. how many how many shows do you cancel slash postpone to truly get back to where you could give a hundred percent or do you do that show where you're kind of half-assed like like jim we talked about um when when machine head came through and they canceled the minneapolis show last time Mm-hmm. Um, I had, there was people that went to like the Chicago show or Milwaukee show and said that it just wasn't the same because you could tell that, that, you know, that Rob Flynn was sick. Right. right. So I don't know. I just kind of wonder, I mean, I, what are your guys' thoughts? I don't know. I think this is one of those things where you kind of pick a side and the sides are going to be even. There's going to be a ton of people saying each, but yep. I personally would rather have them cancel or postpone and come back and give it their all than to see him sitting up there in a chair. You know, I, I think logically speaking, that's just the best for both sides. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm processing this right now. And my thought was, I find it a little bit admirable that of the circumstances when he said, you know, guys, I am wiped, but I'm not going to cancel on you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of tells me he could be lying, but that tells me like, I'm not mailing it in, you know, I'm out here for you guys. I'm out here because I'm passionate about this. You know, it's not like it's Vince Neil up there wheezing for a paycheck. <laughs> right. So because of that, I'm thinking and I'm hoping, you know, if the crowd hears that, you know, in some way the crowd can be uplifting with him, sing along with the songs, join in, provide that energy that he doesn't have. But, you know, that's, just, you know, this one off scenario because, you know, he's his health is devastating him right now. Something that was out of his control. Right. See, it's like I said, it's a sided issue. And right yeah. Well, no, no, it's great hearing, it's great hearing you guys talk about it. I just, I think it's, yeah, just interesting. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's my opinion, but I honestly, I'd, if I was a fan, big fan of the band, I'd probably go either way. Logistically speaking though, it would make sense to be like, guys, I'm just going to not sound good at all. Right. Right. Maybe it could be a hologram. <laughs> he could be off on the side of the stage singing, but his hologram could be out there jumping around in a kilt um which by the way i did see see corn um and man they put on a great live show man yeah i've I've seen them twice and it's phenomenal that's awesome so guys that kind of uh sums up some of the news let's jump into some new releases jim what are we talking about man yeah so i've mentioned many times on here about the band agony reigns from the twin cities and last Friday, they released a single called Necrosis from their upcoming album, The Tragedy and Understanding Nothing, which will be out November 13th this year. And to me, it sounds a little more blackened thrash than straight up thrash like I've heard from them before. But it's awesome. I mean, they've they stepped it up there. You know, they've put out a lot of posts saying how hard they're working and, you know, guys hang out, we'll be back and you know, hope you like all the stuff we've been working on. Can't wait to show you. And this is their first release of new stuff besides they've done some live stuff on their live stream. 
I think. Um, but killer song. I mean, vocals are cool. Jake's solo is awesome. The backing vocals are great. The drumming, just everything. So Agony Reigns, Necrosis, check that out. Cool, man. Will do. And that's, that's from, um, so they did mention that they're going to have a new album out November? Yep, November 13th is what they said. Awesome. So if the rest of it's like this, uh, um, the front man, Matt, sent me a message, or I sent him a message saying how much I liked it, and he responded saying, you know, we got some thrashers on there for you too. So Cool. So it sounds like it might be a fairly diverse album, which would be cool to see what they do. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And this next one, uh, you know, those of you that listen know that uh, – we do have the wiener, the wiener that sometimes contributes. Um, and he actually sent me this, uh, this next one. What are we talking about? Yeah, we mentioned, I think they released a single a few weeks ago we talked about, but from Wisconsin, Toxic Ruin. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Really good, Nightmare man. Nightmare Eclipse came out last Friday. I checked this one out as well. What'd you think? Fucking heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's yep. awesome. Yeah, and again, they, I think this is a step up from previous releases too. And you know, I saw them live here in La Crosse, well, it must have been two years ago now, and I don't remember it sounding this good. I mean, I enjoyed the show because it was thrash and they're a local band and that's really cool. But yeah, this front to back, this one's great. And then uh, I find myself being drawn to instrumentals a little more than I used to. I've always liked them, but I don't know, I just... I think the best song in this one is uh, It of the Horrid Storm. It of the Horrid Storm. instrumental on here and it's oh i just love it awesome cool man i will uh yeah i like i said i uh i got this one too um great stuff absolutely and now i'm gonna sneak in one that i i, I didn't have in here and i just want to mention we, we've talked about in the past um that you know kk downing from judas priest he's gonna have his uh his solo effort called kk's priest drop coming up uh, later this year and uh you know that's tim the ripper owens on vocals right mm -hmm. and uh they dropped another new single so now they're up to they have four singles out prior to the album release but they dropped another single called raise your fists and again it's it's fun because it's all about you know it's all about live shows it's all about that energy and the fans and on the stage and the crowd and it's just it's super it's super fun but like some of the other tracks that have been released so far it it is kind of generic right <laughs> like it's got that that same kind of formula and uh but you know what i'm a huge ripper fan um i think kk is is awesome and so i'm looking really looking forward to this full release and uh yeah go check out and again we'll have links to it raise your fists from KK's Priest.
Aaron, you brought one too. What do you got? Yes. Um, this album is kind of, uh, just completely taken over metal Twitter. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you listen to this show, you might've already checked it out. It's a uh, hooded menace, new album, Tritonus bell. I had never heard of hooded menace at all until the album came out. I saw Twitter blowing up about it. I checked it out. Uh, death doom, but, uh, I think it's got some great thrash punch to it. Um, my favorite song is Blood Ornaments, and I can't speak highly enough about Blood Ornaments. It smacks all of the ass. It's got great riffs, great chug, great Doom-esque bass. Like yeah. from Doom 2, the Hangar 8 team cover, it's got that, that type of bass line punch to it. I just think it's awesome. So Hooded Menace, check it out. Very cool. Yeah, I discovered that from your tweet. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, some concert calendars coming up. What do we got? Yeah, I don't have uh, specific dates or locations, but um, Extinction AD, who I've talked about on here a bunch before, the uh, New York Thrash, they keep adding dates. I know they had some like Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, that area, but they just announced yesterday, I think, that they're going to the Pacific Northwest. So they're getting busy, which is good. And they keep adding dates, so Extinction AD, go check their socials. They're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. And side note, as I mentioned before, they have a podcast called It's Go Time, You Asshole. <laughs> so go check that out, too. It's, they're only like 15 minutes long. It's just them drinking energy drinks and giving each other shit. It's pretty funny. And today was a, I don't know, made me very happy seeing this, but uh, Winona Metal Fest 11. So... I saw last year's was canceled, obviously, but so October 29th, Halloween weekend in Winona, Minnesota, got Reaping Asmodea, Descent of Man, Gorgatron, Virulent Excision, and Agony Reigns. Nice. I will be there. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think Reaping Asmodea, I heard, has um, Metal Ferg, one of our guests from last winter or spring, he told me that Reaping As Asmodea has some members from lacrosse. Oh, yeah. 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 And I've I, heard uh, some of them. They're, they kind of remind me a little bit of, um, and they're actually on tour with a legion. So they're kind of like that progressive, but super heavy. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Check out all those bands. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got on the verified fan list to get my ticket on September 8th for the December 27th show of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Again, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, 
totally gullible when it comes to that just rock opera. You know, I've seen, I went, I, you know, I started, I don't know how many years ago. And once you see them live, it's just absolutely a spectacle. I mean, it has fire and lasers and lights and metal. And it's just, it's super fun. And last year it was all streaming. Um, yeah. So this year they're, they're back to live. They're going to be in St. Paul um, at the Excel center. And so um, yeah, I'm going to get my tickets to go see that live, which again, it's, it's been kind of a, God, I want to say six years now. It's been a Christmas tradition for my family and I. So I'm looking forward to going to that one again. And Aaron, you mentioned when we were talking before we started here that you, uh, you have tickets to the metal tour of the summer for Minneapolis. Oh yeah. Um, nice. I'll be uh, joining you fellas. Nice. I'm in Minneapolis. Got to go see Megadeth. I seen Megadeth again uh, before at uh, uh, Rock USA, uh, big festival in Oshkosh, which is uh, no more. Um, but I want to be able to, you know, I was 80 yards back, not even more than that, probably like hundred yards back, you know, watching Dave on a big screen way up front. So I, I want to get there front and center. Um, going to see Hatebreed again. I absolutely love Hatebreed. Um, I'm pumped. I, I am pumped, pumped. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited for you to be there. I think, you know, it's so funny recent, I, I saw a, a, a recent photo of Jamie from Hatebreed. <laughs> yep. And what was funny is that his beard is red. <laughs> like he looked like some sort of like Irish <laughs> leprechaun or something. McJasta. So trying um, to grow that mullet out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, again, yeah, huge, long. yeah, huge Jamie Josta fan. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to see Hatebreed. Yeah, and I've mentioned it a couple times here, but I'm going to say it again because it's awesome the way things worked out. But the metal tour of the summer is on the September 28th yep. in the Twin Cities. But all four of those bands will be on Knotfest three days prior. And my wife and I are going, so I'm going to see those bands twice in three days. And oh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's going to be great. And then actually, uh, almost a week prior to that, uh, Danny and I were going down to Chicago to see Beartooth again. Nice. Nice. So we're going to try and, you know, break, break a couple noses. <laughs> That's awesome. Actually, and, and I suppose I could, in tour news, my daughter, 19, she just took her first road trip down to Milwaukee to see the Hello Mega Tour with Weezer and Green Day. So I'm nice. a little, I know when I was 19, I did the same thing, right? But I was just like, just be careful. Like driving down there is the scariest part of the whole thing, man. Like, but yeah, I mean, I went, I drove to Milwaukee to see Maiden. I don't know how many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to actually, one of the questions I had for you, Aaron, that I forgot to write down was what's the metal scene like in Green Bay area? Is there anything going on? No, I'll tell you what though. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't want to say it's completely non-existent. There is a bar um, close to downtown. I can't remember the name of it, but uh they do have a very underground scene. Um, I saw, I went there one night, uh, I saw a band called uh, Deciphering the Zodiac. And they're very much garage stages, but they are phenomenal in the garage stages. Um, you can find them on Apple Music, Deciphering the Zodiac. And it was, like, it was brutal shit. The whole night was brutal shit. We're, I mean, there was karate in the pit. 
<laughs> crowd killing kids dude i you know what that's gonna be the hit song karate in the pit i think that's gonna be yeah oh yeah oh yeah but uh you know and it was it was a a tiny ass hole in the wall bar um not much of a stage very intimate we were on top of the band but it was it was some heavy shit so other than that i mean it's really you know it's it's you know it's all cornfields up here not a lot not a lot for the metal scene but that was a nice needle in the haystack. Yeah, because there's, I've talked about it before, there's a few metal bands here in lacrosse, and I know there's a bunch scattered around Wisconsin, and I've seen them advertising that they're going to play gigs up in Green Bay, so I didn't know if there's an active scene or just... There are some uh, pretty pretty solid venues. Um, I saw Hatebreed and Devil Driver, and, uh, you know, they're Light the Torch now, but they were Devil You Know at uh, the Watering Hole in Green Bay, and that's a pretty solid uh, venue for those bands. And then, you know, I, I try you in motionless and white at uh, some venue. I can't remember it right by Lambeau field. So there are spots for these bands. You know what time it is boys. It's Miller time. <laughs> Champagne of beers. It's also a trivia time, but then looks like I'm going to turn that over to you. Now I, I, I can just tell that you guys are probably going to know the answer to this question. I've been submitting it, you know, for weeks to Jose and Sean, because I just think it's cool as hell. And I think it would, you know, it spawns a different discussion. Right before Megadeth was going to record Rust in Peace, Dave Mustaine asked two guitarists to join the band. Who are these guitarists? I got it. I know one. Yeah, I know one. <laughs> Dimebags um, one. Wasn't Jeff Waters from Annihilator? Yeah, he was one of them, but uh, that wasn't the uh, the two I was thinking of. But you are right. It was Dimebag Daryl, and I don't know if it's the, if it fits the timeline, but I only asked Kerry King once, and I know Kerry stepped in for six shows where at the beginning, but if it's he not did Kerry, ask Kerry King, but this was that was earlier. Uh, yeah. Slash. Oh shit! I did read that once. So, yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. 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 In fact, I, I remember that from his book. Yeah. Rust in yes. peace. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, him, Junior, well, formerly Dave Ellison, they were all... Uh, He's still Dave Ellison. Yeah. <laughs> I'm formerly of Megadeth. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. They were all, uh, they all hung out together, and this was in 1989, I believe, you know, so they had Appetite uh, for Destruction that was kicking ass. Mm -hmm. uh, they felt, uh, they formed a pretty good kinship, and Dave said, hey, come join us, and he yeah. considered it. Guns N' Roses was blowing up and he said, yeah, I'll come join you. And then I'm sure you guys know this, but uh, Dimebag was going to join Megadeth if he would have let Vinny Paul join too. But uh, they had Nick Menza just take over. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Now, yeah. That would have yeah. been a butterfly effect. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not have wanted to see those two in Megadeth just because Pantera, you know, what would happen to them. But, <laughs> yep. but I think the I Slash... Know. Thing could have worked out well it's uh appetite for a symphony of destruction <laughs> not bad not bad be good mashup <laughs> might have been a little bit more bluesy yeah i didn't i forgot about the slash one but yeah and like it's kind of been a popular question too i think it's come up on trivia pit before about um dave asking dime and yeah carrie king is the, the other one that yeah everyone knew that one type one. very cool should we go back in time? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump back to 1989. 
Jim, how old were you in 1989? I was just a wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, 10. All right. So we're actually, we're going to go back and we're going to look at this, uh, this album called Climbing the Walls by Wrathchild America. I don't think we've ever talked about this one yet. But this so. is uh, this is a band that was formed by high school friends, and Jim, I want you to to say this because you're way better than me. If you look at the notes, where are they from? Martinsburg West. I see what you did. That's right. Yeah, West Virginia, Martinsburg, West Virginia, and it's crazy because they were actually formed in 1978. But the band went on to do some amazing things. And, uh, you know, they played shows with Slayer, Exodus Testament, Pantera, Nuclear Assault. I mean, all these, you know, all these thrash bands. And around, uh, they're actually signed by Atlantic and then dropped by Atlantic in 1992. They then changed their name to Souls at Zero. And they kind of revamped kind of like their style, their image, I, I don't know, um, because they, they were like again shopping new labels. Um, but I didn't realize that a lot of the members went on to do a bunch of other stuff. And like the drummer, Shannon Larkin, went on to be the drummer for Ugly Kid Joe, Candlebox, and is now currently the drummer for Godsmack, which I didn't know until um, just today when I was doing some research. But um, over the weekend, I listened to this again. I remember, uh, I remember having the vinyl of this album but uh, Rathchild America for from 1989, go check out Climbing the Walls. It is thrashy and it's fun to listen to. Um, it's a great kind of jump back in the day. Is Godsmack still doing stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I think Sully's doing a solo stuff, but I don't think they actually broke up though, did they? They just came out with an album, I swear, like last year or the year before. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't paid attention. So, oh, good for them if they are. Flooded Octane and ruined it. <laughs> 2018 when legends rise was their last release okay all right cool thank you yeah so we'll go back to our new segment today in the day and i'm just gonna take it easy this week and reiterate to everyone to check out agony reigns toxic ruined extinction ad and getting near the end here but we do have some follow-ups you know uh last week our show we had the uh, top 20 people sending their list of the top 20 greatest American bands. And I missed one on one of our sites. Our friend David Edmonds has a list and he said it took him some serious deliberation and it was tough to figure out. He didn't use a lot of criteria and just kind of figured if he was putting together a festival bill of only American <laughs> bands, who would it be? So he goes with one that I totally forgot. He's got number 20 as Guar. <laughs> yep. Uh, they should be on my list too. They, so. they should have been on my list too. I know. Yeah. Amazing. Kill Switch Engage, Deftones, Soulfly, Devil Driver, Corn, Trivium, Fear Factory, Hate Breed, Cannibal Corpse, and then his top 10 is Death, 
Mastodon, Lamb of God, Slipknot, Machine Head, Pantera, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica. So thank you, David. Sorry we missed that last week. Cool. You know, and, and again, Deftones, I could see that. I mean, a lot of people like the Deftones. I'm really not too much of a fan, but I know that they have a big Either. following. Um, yeah, I never got into them. Like I saw did, I ever, did, I ever, did I ever tell you the one of the funniest things about seeing the Deftones? When they, they opened for Anthrax. And who was the singer? Like Chino or something? Chino whatever Marino. his name. He, you know how, you know, sometimes you got those peeps that, you know, they're wearing their pants down and you see their drawers, right? Drawers? <laughs> yeah, like they're boxers. They're drawers. They're boxers. Aaron, he told they're you drawers. he was old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look behind him too. He's got a Davenport. Dude. <laughs> so well, yeah they're fucking drawers anyway so <laughs> they uh <laughs> but so anyway so you know his belt's hanging down by his ass so you can see his freaking boxers and shit right well his belt broke his belt bro aaron can't even stop laughing but his belt <laughs> broke and chino had to do the entire set with one hand holding his pants up and it was just hilarious and then everybody and started I'll just I, it's one thing i always remember i'm like what a fucking moron and <laughs> another one that I, I remember too is that we were like at the stage right and they uh <laughs> dude the chat room's lighting me up um so they <laughs> they uh um one thing i always remember too is we're at the stage and you know he i don't know who it was i don't know if it was chino or one of the other guys like spit up in the air <laughs> and my wife at the time my ex-wife now but my wife at the time was right next to me dude louie like right in her face <laughs> like and it was one of those things where oh. that was uh one of the memories i had so whenever i think of deftones i think of the dude can't keep his pants pulled up and he spit a loogie in my wife's face so dude's rock <laughs> yeah dude now you're lighting me up come on i gotta uh i was gonna say there's another podcast that might knock us from the number one spot and that is metallica and their podcast you've checked it out yet the official metallica podcast you know what mm -hmm. i I don't. I have it. I've followed them. I have them all on my phone. I just haven't listened yet. Yeah, they're really good. I like them. So, you know, obviously talking about the Black Album and the first one's just kind of takes them from their beginning and their roots up to the Black Album really quickly. And I listened to the second one today and talks a lot about the production and Bob Rock. And speaking of Bob Rock, when I, whenever I'd hear his voice, I would always picture in my mind um, Milo from Airheads, <laughs> <laughs> Michael McKean. So his voice sounds similar, and I just picture that guy. Like, I know you think I'm a real dick cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when they make a movie, the next Metallica movie, I think Michael McKean has a, has a star as Bob Rock. <laughs> but Oh, funny. Yeah, so I listened to it, and then hearing him talk about the production, and then I listened to the Black Album again today after that. I was in the car for a while, and it's weird how I hear music now than when I first started listening to the black album, cause I would just listen back then because I thought the songs were cool. 
but now as I've matured and I've, you know, been playing guitar for a while and I can hear, I hear more of like the riffs and arrangements and like more of depth of the song. And I love it all over again. It's, yeah. I love it on a whole new level now. It's great. Yep. That was totally. my introduction to Metallica as well. Um, when I was a, a toddler, I guess you could say up to about seven years old, five years old, we moved from Appleton out to the sticks and then new radio station. And they were playing Metallica. They were playing Enter Sandman. And then my dad, I have no idea how he's not familiar with this because he's an OG. He likes this stuff. But my dad turns it on, Enter Sandman, goes, what the fuck is this? And he cranks <laughs> it. Went on a heater about a month of just Enter Sandman on the radio. And he goes out and buy, uh, he buys the Black Album and he just wears it out every time he was picking me up from school and going to practice and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. Now he listens to Slayer. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking too, you know, we had uh Rob Carlson was saying how or he's very anti-black album and Metallica, nothing after and justice. And one of the things he had said was how do you like he listens to albums in order and goes from last song to first song and the next, and he was saying, How do you go from Dyer's Eve to Enter Sandman? And it just pissed him off. And you know, he's a huge Megadeth fan, so I'm wondering how he feels about rest in peace going into next um countdown to extinction because it's you know it's somewhat parallel you know you go you got your i mean rust in peace is a monumental album and then the style is totally different on countdown some i love countdown to extinction yeah i do too i'm just i wonder i gotta ask him see yep. what he thinks of that yeah good point i bet he'll say something stupid or at least ask him about risk <laughs> I think yes. I've seen him say that he loves that. Or Super Collider. I like Super Collider. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another follow-up. This one's kind of ugly. Um, we had a couple of members of Squid Hammer Metal on a couple of weeks ago, and their band seems to have almost literally blown up. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's you know we had Adam and Jake on or uh, I'm sorry Adam yeah Adam and Jake Schultz and. You know, I think they're still in the band, but there's the front man kind of, I don't know, he's, sounds like he's had a history of just being kind of dangerous and all sorts of stuff. But he apparently at a show was, what was he, was throwing some kind of oil out on the crowd and then shooting fireworks at him. That lamp oil, lamp, lamp oil. oil. And, yeah, that would uh, make sense, actually. Li literally, literally, bass player was caught on fire. Yeah. Like, so, this was... Uh, this was not, yeah, they, they, you know, you weren't fucking around. This was serious shit, so. Yep, and Jake says he has the LLC for the band, and, you know, he's, so that makes him liable for anything that happens. So he's like, you know, last straw, you're out. And so a couple of, uh, the front man says he's going to keep playing as Squid Hammer, and I think he's got some former members. It's, it was kind of confusing watching the post go back and forth, because I'm not sure if it's just Jake and Adam that are still the actual Squid Hammer. And then the other two members are out with the front man. I'm not exactly sure who's where, but um, if you're looking at their posts and stuff, it looks like there's two squid hammers, but there's actually only the one that Jake Schultz has. And yep. there's uh, just all sorts of ugliness, unfortunately. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the one time I saw squid hammer, um, 
I had a blast. But uh, afterwards, I was I was talking to the front man, and he was joking around, saying like, you know, hey, you guys want to go light some fireworks off in the parking lot? I've got them here. <laughs> and he was he was saying that on stage, and. So since you say that, um, you know, throwing lamp oil and shooting fireworks, and then I know uh, I've seen a couple of videos and a couple of pictures of him with a bench grinder. Yep. Like just going to town on some sparks. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I've seen a lot of their videos too, and there's you know it's just like it's like a big party. And even Jake was saying when he was on how he's the dude's a pyro, and so. I, I guess I just, there's there's always at some point you can go too far, right? So. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, in, I was telling Jim that, well, now they have an opening for a singer. <laughs> I think Jim would fit right in. Yeah. I could probably do some antics, but I don't think anyone wants to hear me sing. Dude, it'd be awesome. You'd be killer <laughs> at it. Jim, that's actually how I came across on you was uh, in that chat talking about Squid Hammer in uh, Into the Tribute. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. said, where the hell are you from? <laughs> yeah i forget how i i think i saw an ad a couple of years ago for their pantera tribute show i was like who are these guys and so they're from yeah. wisconsin and that's when i started following them. and i, I gotta mention oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say looking at the chat um bill joya says super collider sucks duke but i don't <laughs> i don't know if he means super super collider sucks duke or if he misspelled the word i don't know they're not bell <laughs> <laughs> um is Listen, this Bill, next King one Maker is a good song super collider is a fun song and i don't need to explain myself anymore. <laughs> there you go <laughs> nice. um hey this next one's going to be kind of fun um you know we actually uh we really wanted to uh let our listeners know uh, and encourage our listeners to leave a review right let us know what you think and uh we got some reviews and ratings uh on apple podcast and we're going to, we randomly chose uh, some, uh, uh, a review to win a Thrash Report prize pack. You're going to win a sticker. You're going to win a Thrash Report t-shirt and coffee mug. And um, Jim, you want to go ahead and announce that winner? That winner is Mr. PJ Camacho. Or that is his handle on our review. PJ Camacho, you're the winner. Yeah, if you're listening, uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, if you're if you're listening, go ahead and send us an email, uh, thethrashreport at gmail.com. Let us know who you are, prove who you are, and we're going to go ahead and make sure we get that uh, shipping address and get that out to you. And we have a special surprise runner-up. Another review, Jim. Who's this? Which name should we use? His real name, as he's seen in the chat room right now, or... His Twitter handle of at trapeze 11, Mr. Ooh. Doug Gross. Congrats to you, too. Congrats, congrats Doug. To PJ too. You're running up, runner up. You're going to get a Thrash Report sticker and a Thrash Report t shirt. Again, make sure you email us, thethrashreport at gmail.com. Let us know what size you are and where to ship it. Um, and Aaron, what size t shirt you want, buddy? I'll take a schmedium. A schmedium. All right. Make sure we get that and I'll get that shipped out to you. You guys are the best. <laughs> Awesome. Just about wraps us up for the night. Cool. Yeah. Again, I want to, first of all, I want to thank Aaron Moody for joining us this week. Thank you so much, man. It was super fun. That was a great time, Aaron. Thanks for coming. This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are the greatest. I love the podcast. 
Thank you awesome. so much. We, we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate your support. And I want to thank everyone that's listening. Thank you, everyone that's in the chat room. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can go and get uh, archives of all of our shows and our show notes at thrashreport.com. Go ahead and let us know what you think, thrashreport at gmail.com or any of our socials. And we look forward to seeing you next time on The Thrash Report. See ya! And Aaron, we'll see you on the 28th.